Here at Visit with Spirit, we are not out to prove or disprove anything. We are not asking anyone to believe or not believe. We are asking that you, the listener, are compassionate to what our guests have experienced, whether or not you believe, that you respect their journey as we help them on their path of healing. souls and spirits. Welcome to Visit with Spirit. I'm your host, JD. And today we are going to be delving into spiritual protection. But before I begin, I would like to put out an all call for future guests and suggested topics. If you are somebody who's had a paranormal experience, who'd like to share it and have some guidance and healing working through it, or if you work in this field, if you are a light worker, metaphysical practitioner, paranormal investigator, I would love to work and talk with you and have you as a guest on this show. The other thing that I am looking for is suggested topics. I'm a big believer in community input, in in you being part of this. I don't want this to be one dimensional. I did see that um, somebody suggested manifestation. We actually had an episode on that. Um, it was with when Lisa was here with us. And again, if you haven't um, said hello to her, uh, take some time and send her a message on the Facebook group. We would love to hear from you there. And back to today's topic, spiritual protection. What is it? Why should you do it? Um, What's involved? Can you do it alone? How expensive should it be? And how can you prepare yourself to do it at any point in time? First, let's start. What is it? In the same way that you clean your house, that you clean your body, you clean your workspaces, you should be energetically cleaning. Energetically cleaning does not just have to happen when a crisis occurs. It can be seen as maintenance. Um, I've worked with many people. It's something that I actually do both in person and remotely, although in recent years it's been more remote. And yes, you can do it remotely. I've worked with people far out of state and even out of country to help cleanse properties that they are going to sell to help cleanse properties that they are living in. The caveat is that you really should only be cleansing your own property or for the protection of your own space, but not just for your space, for your body and your ethereal body as well. So what is it? We all have energy. Everything has energy. Uh, Living, non-living, objects retain energy. Um, In fact, there's a whole modality called psychometry where you can read the energy off of an object in the same way that surfaces can collect dust. We can collect energy. Objects can collect energy. Somebody hands me something. um, Now, I will say psychometry is not my specialty. I am decent at it. Not my specialty. But if somebody hands me something, oftentimes I can get information about previous owners, about the person who's worn it, especially jewelry. Jewelry holds on to energy hard. Plastic doesn't really hold on to it quite as well. If you have jewelry and you wear it often, you might want to cleanse it. 
and I will go over different ways of cleansing later on in this episode. So cleansing, what is it? I know I'm talking around the subject and I apologize if I talk in circles. I will try to keep this linear. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know that I can go off on little tangents. So I'll try to keep it clear and concise for you guys. The the what is releasing, clearing, and letting go of energy from yourself, your pets, your loved ones if they ask, and objects or spaces. Let's talk about the why. If you have an inch full of dust sitting on your countertop, are you going to want to cook on that? Are you going to want to um, serve somebody dinner from that? Um, Are you going to want to sit on a couch that's full of odors and smells? No. The, The simple answer is no. In the same way that you would clean a house, you take care of the dust, you get the cobwebs, you take a shower, hopefully, or bath. You bathe your animals. You take care of your children. You make sure that they're physically clean. You really should be doing the same with your spiritual body, your spiritual self. Um, I actually have offered courses on this. I believe I still have one up on my website. If not, let me know if that's something you're interested in, and maybe I can do a live event with that in the future. This is really going to be an overview. This is not going to go super in-depth. I will give you some tips and some tools um, and some quick ways that you can take care of it yourself, but I do recommend doing a little bit more in-depth research if you plan on going forth and doing this. We covered the why because you want to keep yourself clean. If you are starting a new business, you don't want to use old business cards. If you are starting a new relationship, you don't want old cords tied to your exes because that's all junk that you're going to bring into the new relationship with you. If you had a lot of trauma, do you want to bring that trauma into your future? There's a reason why people see counselors and therapists because we have multiple bodies. I've talked about this in other episodes. I am a life coach. And one of the things that we talk about is the multiple body system. We talked about this in the meditation episode too, that we have a physical body and we have a spiritual body, a mental body and an emotional body and energy cleaning or psychic or spiritual protection and cleansing is very similar to releasing things on the physical, um, mental or emotional levels. This is just on the spiritual level. If you are going through a transition in your life, it is wonderful to take some time. For each of you, it's going to be different. Take some time and release. Let go. And I am talking about release along with protection because if you haven't released, then the protection isn't going to help. It will help. It will add a little layer, but it's kind of like you're then trapping in all the old energy while you're trying to protect yourself from new energy. Get rid of the old. So I usually suggest cleansing first and then protection. So if you are having mental clutter, what do you do? You may take time to meditate, to journal, um, to talk to someone, 
Um, it could be a professional. It could be a friend or a loved one. You take that time. If your financial life is cluttered, you go to an accountant. You go to a financial advisor or you create a budget. There are multiple levels with cleansing and taking care of each body um, that you have. Some of them you can do yourself. Some of them require more help, help that is outside of yourself. If you are dealing with emotional, emotional hurt and wounds and grief, you have to take time to work through it. And again, sometimes time and journaling or reading, for me, reading is a big help, or going for runs. Those are things you can do on your on your own, but sometimes it takes going to a counselor or support group to work through that. Same thing with spiritual protection. There are things that you can do yourself, and there are things that you may need to seek out an expert in or somebody to help you. For some of you, you might seek um, church officials. It is not uncommon for somebody to get a new house blessed by um, their priest or their rabbi or whoever their spiritual leader is. For some of you, you might seek somebody out like myself who goes in and spiritually cleanses place, uh, spaces and people. Um, using. I use a variety of techniques, um, many of which I will share with you today. But there are some that you can do on your own. So let's start on one of my favorites, crystals. Now, the beautiful thing with most of the tools that I am going to give you today, if you are an advanced practitioner, if you are great with visualization, then a lot of these things you can do just by visualizing. You don't physically have to have the crystal in your possession. You can picture it, but you have to really be able to feel it, to picture it on all sides as if it is really in your hand ready to use or in your physical space. Um, and I learned this very early on. Oh man, it was probably 15 years ago. I had just started learning about putting crystals in your auric field. A lot of people will wear crystals, but I decided to put some in my auric field. I had some, I'm not sure if I shared this, so bear with me if you've heard this story before, but for those who are new, this is very relevant. I had gone to um, some development circles and they were talking about placing things in your aura. So I thought, okay, I'm going to place, um, I pictured some big diamonds big diamonds and I pictured them in some specific locations on my aura. I'm not going to share because they may or may not be there right now. Um, <laughs> and I placed them and I forgot them kind of like a set it and forget it. And about, oh gosh, maybe six months later, I don't know. It's a few months later. I ended up being invited to work at a fair, and this was one of my first big intuitive fairs or psychic fairs, and I ended up next to this person. Strange. This was a strange person. Very nice, but something about the energy was off. However, I was going to be next to this person for two or three more days, 
And in the future, I came across other people in other states who had worked with this person. They had very good interactions with them, and that is wonderful. I, however, did not. So after my first of three days doing psychic work, and this was when I was first starting, so my stamina hadn't quite been built up yet. For people who are new to this, it can be very, very draining. Well, that first day, I want to say maybe five, six hours in, I had a raging headache, major raging headache. And the person next to me was kind enough to offer me some Reiki. Now, I will tell you, my initial internal reaction was no. Did I listen to this? No, no, I did not. I didn't want to upset her because I realized I'm going to have to be next to this person for two more days. Well, they put their hands in only two places. The two exact places that I had those crystals. Now, I had not remembered these crystals. A friend had come with me and this friend was hanging out in the hotel room. They had not seen what was going on. Um, I was there for lunch, so I went back to the hotel room and I asked them to scan me just to make sure. Now, scanning is when you tune into somebody's energy and just see what's what's happening. If there's any attachments, if there's any cords, blocks, anything that needs to be gotten rid of. So she takes one look at me. Now, mind you, this is my non-psychic psychic friend. That's what I call her because she's not trained with the exception of maybe one or two classes that she took as me as the instructor. And and honestly, it was her kind of tuning in and out in the other room. She is just naturally gifted. Um, she does not do it professionally in any shape, way, or form. She took one look and she said, what happened to your crystals? There might have been an expletive in there. And I'm thinking, what? Because I honestly didn't even remember. I didn't tell her about these crystals. I And when I put these crystals in, I only kind of half believed in it. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if this is going to be real. But I did it. And I thank goodness that I did do that. Because those are the exact two places that that person laid her hands. And my friend, who again, mind you, was in the hotel room that entire time, had no idea what happened. I didn't tell her. I just said, can you please scan me? She said that those crystals were cracked and tilted. Now, anybody who's doing Reiki will tell you that Reiki should not do that. So that initial response of me thinking, no, don't do it, showed up in the crystals. There was a reason why my internal self was saying, no, don't. Maybe it was my guides. I don't know. But my friend saw it. We cleared those out, put new ones in. And I went and I proceeded to Google. And thank goodness Google was there at the time. And I ta also talked to other professionals. I explained to a few of the other vendors what had happened and, and told them and asked them, like, what should I do to keep my space and myself clear? And they gave some good suggestions I'm going to share here and now because, again, they're quick, easy, and they're cheap. They recommended a mirror, so I went to Michael's that day, and I got a mirror tray. So if you ever see me at a fair or an event, you will always see a mirror 
on my, my table. On that mirror, I, I had always set up crystal grids. I didn't even know what crystal grids were, but I had always set them up. I felt very close to crystals and rocks my entire life as a child. I grew up with them around my house. My parents were not metaphysical, but my parents and grandparents were very much rock hounds and they loved collecting rocks. So I had been collecting rocks since I was little, little. And as I got older, I realized as I was doing um, intuitive work that I felt a need to um, place these crystals in certain spots in relation to one another. I later learned that what I was doing intuitively was creating crystal grids. You may see children doing this, not just with crystals, but other objects. They may or may not know, like myself, what they were doing. But don't discourage them. Let them play. Let them play with the energy around them. Um, these, The rocks and the crystals, you might see seashells. Seashells are a very common one. Uh, they hold positive energy. And they're going to help align and keep things clear. And children oftentimes just know how to do this naturally. It, it feels right to them. And I would encourage you, if you have children, play with them, learn, talk to them. Ask them, well, why are you putting this here? Now, for some, it may be color aesthetics, but remember that colors relate to chakras. So pay attention. Uh, see what's happening intuitively. Do it yourself. Play. My three favorite crystals, and here is your freebie tip, is selenite, clear quartz, and black tourmaline. These three are the power trio. If you have no other stones in your toolbox, those are the three you should have. Selenite cleanses everything, it, even itself. Crystal quartz can be programmed to do whatever you need it to do. I hold it in my hand and I set the intention that it's going to take in the negative energy and put it out positive, kind of like a spiritual HEPA filter. And then black tourmaline takes away the negative energy from other people. In fact, I had a big, beautiful piece that cracked in half. When a stone or crystal cracks, some people say it's time to get rid of it. Um, some say it's time to share that particular one. I actually shared with a client who had traveled well over 100 miles to meet with me, and it had cracked like a few days before, and I felt like this was this stone was meant for them. So I gave it to them. So that is crystals. Oh, black tourmaline, do not put above the waist. Keep it pocket or below. You do not want somebody else's negative energy affecting your upper chakras. Your lower chakras can handle it in a way that the upper chakras can't. Um, but again, I would still pair it with either quartz or selenite. But the three are awesome together. You can find them fairly inexpensively on Amazon possibly eBay. eBay, you want to be careful with stones. I've gotten burned a couple times with some fake stones, and yes, they will fake them. Not not so much selenite or black tourmaline that's a little bit harder, but quartz for sure. Uh, so be careful where you source them from. Any reputable stone or crystal seller will should have them as well. Other ways, herbs and crystals. The herbs that are most common that you're going to hear are sage. My three favorite is combining sage, rosemary, and lavender. 
because they cleanse, protect, and they will kind of work synergistically. In fact, I use those same three oils. So if I make a cleansing spray, those are the three oils that I use as my base. I may add a ton. In fact, I do add a ton of other oils to my cleansing sprays, um, but for different purposes, different rooms, different spaces, different reasons. But if, if you have no others, the sage, rosemary, and lavender are the ones that I would go with for both herbs and oils. Now you can burn those herbs. Uh, I like using a little, I like using a stone mortar and pestle because you can both kind of grind the herbs and then just ignite them in there. And it has a good base that the base won't get heavy. Um, use a trivet if you're going to put it down on a surface. The other thing that you can do is mix it with sea salt. And when I have cleansed the space using sage, like a sage bundle, and I will go through the entire house. Um, if you cannot get into certain spaces, I just open up, you know, if there's a window or a latch, I will open it up, kind of let the smoke rise or fall into the space. And I just kind of see it filling the space. When I do it remotely, I actually picture the sage bird burning. Um, but as a medium, I will walk through the space, either telepathically, remote viewing, or physically, and see what needs to be removed spirit-wise. I do that first as a medium. You may not be a medium. If you are not a medium, then skip that step and use some of the other ways. So with the, um, once I have removed the spirits via sage, um, crystals, and sometimes I will picture crystals going in a grid around the house. I won't actually put them. Some people physically put them, but again, if you are more advanced, you can just simply picture the stones. Um, I will sometimes picture stones in the corners of my space, especially if you live in a apartment or condo. If you live in a single family, that's a little easier. Although some properties, it's hard to get all the way around the, the physical location. But if you can, you then take that herbed salt. I mix in a little Ziploc bag. It doesn't need to be fancy. And I swing a very light circle. You don't want to quite literally salt the earth. You don't want to make it so things aren't going to grow there. Um, but you are creating a circle of protection. And I swing my arm back and forth when making this circle so that it's continuous as I'm walking. I sprinkle, walk, sprinkle, um, and I'm swinging my arm, letting the salt and herbs kind of create a line around the property. And I do that as the last step. Then, okay, we talked about oils. I create a spray with it. You can use oils on your person, but be aware that there's a lot of oils that are irritants and allergens. Do not willy-nilly just go putting them everywhere. Also, there are certain oils that are toxic for pets. Please do your research. I'm not going to go into all that today. Um, that is something that, again, if you are interested in doing a live Zoom session where we uh, create and we work together to do this. I am all there for it. You let me know in, again, in the social media 
but there is a huge long list. So be aware of your own needs. Again, if you are pregnant, pay attention. If you're nursing, pay attention. Not all oils and herbs are meant to be ingested. Not all are meant to be breathed in. Um, and not are all and not all are meant to have contact with skin. You need to do research. There are so many sources. Um, Cunningham's, I believe it's Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Herbs, Plants and Herbs, I think, is a great resource. And Google, I mean, if you just Google, but I always do the rule of three. Find three independent sources before you come to a final conclusion on what you will use. In general, the sage, rosemary, and lavender are pretty safe. I put all of those on my skin. I've not had a reaction. And people will tell you I'm allergic to a lot. But you have to listen to your own body. Um, and you can use one. So if there's one that you don't like, you can get rid of one. I like working with the three you can play it up a little bit. And I do believe in that encyclopedia I mentioned, you can look up by purpose and you may be able to find an alternative. So if you're allergic to one, you may be able to find an alternative that will serve the same purpose. You can put it in with oils. You can put it in water or carrier oil. Carrier oils, I would not spray um, water you can use, you can create a spray with. I would use distilled. Carrier oils, olive oil or almond oil work really well. My favorite is almond if you can find it. That's it for the oils and herbs. For other ways, we have light. You can use ethereal light or you can use physical light, light of a candle. I love candles. I love electric candles. You can use electric candles. Whenever I light a white candle, um, and even right now while I'm recording, I have one going, I always do so with the intention of, I say three things. The three Ps, protection, purity, and presence. So I invite divine presence, divine protection, and divine purity. Protection of myself and my space purity of myself and my space, and protection of myself and my space. Candles can be physical. It can be electric. If you have pets, I recommend electric. If you are somebody who falls asleep with candles, electric, don't, don't do the physical. You do not want to sleep with a candle burning. Light. Light is free. It's easy, but you do need to be very sure of your ability to work with this. This will take time, meditation, practice, and a little bit of skill. You picture yourself, start with yourself, picture yourself surrounded. I picture myself surrounded by divine light. I am not using my own energy to protect myself. I'm trying to protect that energy. I'm not going to use my own energy. I use the divine energy. You can picture Reiki, you can picture Chi, however you refer to it, that divine light that surrounds all of us, that is that is flowing pure. Usually for me, it's pictured as white. Some people use a violet flame um, or a light blue flame. And by the way, I have a ton more techniques that I am just scratching the surface. This is really a two to three hour class when I when I give this live. 
So you are getting kind of the, the nutshell. I am giving you, trying to give you as much as I can, but there's only so much I can do in this short amount of time. I picture light surrounding myself. You can picture light around your space. You can create a bubble of light in the center of your space with the intention that it clears and takes anything out that does not belong. Anything seen, unseen. And this I started after doing a particularly tricky cleansing. I'd use sage, went everywhere, and it still did not feel cleansed. This was after an ex had left. Not my ex, but somebody else's. And I just was like, this is not, the sage did not get it. And so out of not desperation, but the need for something beyond what I'd been taught came this circle of light. And I pictured it growing 365 degrees. I pictured it like, like flypaper, like sticky, sticky. So anything that didn't belong, you don't want to get the good stuff. Kind of like when you take antibiotics, it gets rid of the good and bad bacteria. You want to set the intention that this is only taking what does not belong. And I pictured that as it grew in all directions, even into the soil, above the roof, every direction, that it took with it anything that did not belong. And the person who I was doing this for is also gifted. And we both saw some shadows getting collected that had been missed. And then I asked Archangel Michael to please take that energy away. Take it to the light to be healed and not to return. Um, some people will uh, take that energy and put it into the earth to be healed. I like taking it to the light. I ask the angels. Archangel Michael is like kind of the, I consider like the bouncer of angels. He's going to be the one who helps those that need crossing over, but also gets rid of the tougher energies, energies that you yourself may not be prepared for. And even though I've been doing this for a long time, I always ask angelic help when I'm going through to clean, cleanse a space and protect it. The stones, the oils, the herbs, the light, all of that serves as both a cleansing and protector. Rosemary is great for protection. So is lavender. Oh, here's one. Here, here's another great tip. Trader Joe's, if you have one near you, they have this incredible lavender soap that has actual bits of lavender in it. If you are not allergic, I highly recommend. If I've had a really rough day where I know there's some attachments to me, I will take a shower with that and with the intention that it is going to cleanse and release anything that needs cleansing and releasing. And that is a quick and easy and very inexpensive way to help remove all of these are fairly inexpensive. Again, any of those stones that you cannot physically get or you cannot financially afford, picture them in your hand. Get a good Google image if you have trouble picturing it and use that image to picture it in your mind. All of these are meant to be easily done. The oils might be, the oils and crystals are probably the most expensive. The herbs, you can get at almost any grocery store. You can use regular sage if you're going to burn in the mortar and pestle. Um, but sage bundles are inexpensive enough to get. Most metaphysical shops have. Amazon certainly has it. Um, I, you know, I really should have affiliate links um, <laughs> to, to these items on Amazon. 
which I don't. I do not. But take some time, cleanse, release. And again, feel free to contact me if you have any further questions, if you are dealing with something, if you have an attachment. Attachments might need a little bit more than this. You might need to up the ante and get help from a professional. Attachments are earthbound spirits or others, other energies that have attached to yours. And sometimes you can clear yourself of it. Other times you do need extra help. Lisa and I, when she was host on here, we had a whole episode of kind of the ethics and choosing your psychic. I highly recommend referring to that if you're going to work with a professional because there are ethics. You do not want somebody who's charging you thousands to do this. That is nonsense. That is absolute. It's a scam. Don't do it. There's no need for thousands. You know, something that I do is I teach my clients how to do this themselves. So when they work with me, they will have those tools. I mean, here you are right now on this podcast getting a good 60% of the tools that I use. But the thing that can't be taught is the innovation. Sometimes you will outgrow these or you will have energies that need more. And that is when your meditation, your intuitiveness, your ability to be creative will come into play because sometimes you need more. And there are more techniques. I have more advanced techniques that I teach my students. And these will help you with about 90% of what you're going to come across. It's that 10% that you might need a little extra help. In the same way that when you're dealing with emotional issues, 90% of it you're going to be able to do on your own. There's that 10% where you're going to need an expert to help you work through it. To sum up, take time, cleanse yourself every three, four months. Even if you're feeling good, cleanse your space, cleanse your home. Think of it like spring cleaning, fall cleaning. You know, even if it's just two times a year, I say every three months, but you could do it twice a year. You just want to be regular about it. Cleanse your body, your space, your business space. If you have your own business, you can keep crystals with you at work. You may not want to show everyone, but put it in your purse, put it in your bag, your pocket, keep it with you, especially if you have toxic people in your workplace like most of us do. Take time to cleanse your pets, your jewelry, very common objects that you wear out and about. Cleanse your wallet, your purse. You know, positive energy and protection around those are going to help you attract new and more positive energy. So when you release, you will attract new. And that leaves us at the end of our show. I think that just about wraps it up. My friends, thank you so much for joining. Again, please reach out on social media. I look forward to hearing from you. Have a wonderful day and see you next time.